It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And I have to start by saying rest in peace, Tina Turner. One of my favorite artists of all time growing up, whether it was Proud Mary, Private Dancer. I got to tell you what, rest in peace, Tina Turner. You were simply the best. And I mean that. Tina Turner, phenomenal. Now let's get to the headlines, and I want to bring in our first guest. You hear him in the afternoons. That's Team Talk. And he's one part of the Joe Neal, Sam Hauser crew that has the best afternoon show in sports talk by far, not even close. But I bring him in every once in a while. We talk quickly. I throw him random subject matter, and he comes with some quick answers. Sam Hauser, welcome to the show, buddy. Mike Adams, it is always good to be here. I got to tell you, the top five at five, I, and I always say this to you now um, as I'm listening, you come up with some great quality um, homework. And the homework that is done to find those answers isn't easy, as as I know and you know. But I want to hit you with this. Let's start hockey. And I'm oh, only... I'm always happy to do that. I don't get to do that enough around here. Well, you were at Game 1, Vegas Knights, Dallas Stars. But uh, I thought if we were going to wrap them up 4-0. When I say we, I talk about the Vegas Knights. We'll get to the other side, the Florida Panthers, here in a minute. But the Vegas Knights, do you see them winning the Stanley Cup? I Man, it's it's a tough one, especially with who they're going to play. I mean, the Florida Panthers are already in, and... It feel I don't know. It feels like uh, maybe not quite to the level of Team of Destiny vibes, but it feels like both these teams are are on that collision course. I, there is no real lean either way. But whoever, I mean, if it's Dallas, I would probably lean towards Florida. But if it's Vegas and Florida, just just buckle in. Yeah, buckle in, Las Vegas. They've already won the WNBA title. The possibilities of a Stanley Cup. Now that Brady's part owner of the Raiders, that gives me hope to say. He might put himself into the game. He might re- put himself as the coach. There's multiple options with Brady. Coach, yes. Quarterback might be a little bit trickier because the league would have to vote on it. But if he's going to be Josh McDaniel's boss, I-, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. The funny part of that is him being Jimmy Garoppolo's boss now. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Now, let's get to game six tonight, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. 3-0 Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy MVP. But now the Celtics are playing Celtic basketball. Do you see the Celtics being the first team ever to come back 3-0? See, I, I, I can't properly answer this question because I am biased towards the team that's up 3-2. to I can't fairly answer that question. You know I'm going to say no, but it's hard to ignore that this series, the last two games, is playing out the way that everybody thought it would from the very beginning. And now it's going to come down to to fortitude. It's going to come down to really just whether or not, you know, whether or not the heater are mentally collapsed at this point. I mean, they're falling, they're, they're breaking apart. They're falling apart literally with all the injuries and you know, uh, Gabe Vincent may not play. Caleb Martin got hurt in the last game, but we're not going to have game six tonight because we're going to have New Mexico United on tonight. United's got a big game in San Antonio. So I'm using, a, I'm, I'm borrowing a phrase from Andy Hageman who does the color for us where, uh, where, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically, you know, uh, cl- you know, class is permanent. You know, 
you can you can have a little bit of a run, but class is permanent, and this team is is going to have to lean on the culture that got them here. Sam Hauser is my guest. He's with Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Shout out Chris Weehan, two goals the other night. He was a guest on the show. Love let's, it. Let's keep moving. Now, you look at the other side of the basketball, the Nuggets look phenomenal. Jokic, um, arguably, could have been three-time MVP. But the Nuggets and the way they did it, I think this team is going to be the future of basketball, and they did it. They did it through draft picks. You know, they didn't do it by trying to make a super team. A super team just formed with Jamal Murray, Porter, and the rest of them coming together. But this Nuggets team, I've liked them from day one. They did it their way. They, they exactly. You're exactly right. They, they they did it in a way that's that's not you know that's not flashy. That's not you know blow it up and start over, which they could have easily done. They did it the way of. Not just, uh, of building a championship team, because like you said, they, you know, they bring in all these guys. They bring in Aaron Gordon, who was playing for the Magic in the bubble when they had that run to the West Finals. They bring in these other guys to fill in around Murray and Jokic. And at this point, it probably doesn't matter who they're facing. I don't, I don't see either Miami or Boston beating them. I like the Celtics in seven. I think Celtics Nuggets go six. And I had the Nuggets from day one. Now, when the Lakers hit the Western Conference Finals, I can't root against the Lakers. Sure. Because it wouldn't make sense. Let's switch to baseball. Aaron Judge has been on a tear hitting home runs left and right. But I want your thoughts on these umpires. All they do is check mitts. I mean, I don't know if it's part of uh, uh, the culture of baseball now, which I don't like. But every day, an umpire's looking at a pitcher's mitt. Yeah, telling guys to... Go wash their hands in the middle of half innings like it's your mom telling you to get ready for dinner. That rule needs to change. But, you know, we got to progress, and baseball is progressing. Well, I mean, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I mean, I'm sure if you wanted to go find some offshore place to go put a few bucks on it somewhere, you can find something of whether or not Aaron uh, Aaron Boone's going to make it through a game without getting tossed this week. Here's the other thing. I liked it when you could get baseball cards and there was bubble gum inside. Sure. And now you get baseball cards, and, and what, what do they call it now? You can get it through the Internet, and it's an NFT. And it, yeah. I mean, where are we with baseball? Baseball's trying to figure out where it where it fits. Like, for the longest time, this whole argument of, you know, baseball's supposed to be – America's pastime and now baseball's trying to catch up and you have people that don't like it because it's supposed to be stuck in the past like baseball's just trying to figure out where it fits I'm just looking forward to the day when these managers are going to start arguing with robot umpires and the robot umpires get to throw them out yeah that is kind of funny now Sam Hauser's my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Tell me you wouldn't go to a game just to see the possibility. It's like it's like you go to a hockey game hoping to see a fight. Right. You go to a baseball game hoping that the robot, you know, all of a sudden arms come out of it and it gives it the uh, the finger ejecting the, the manager. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. And then not only does that robot, you can eject them, but you can also order your game time hot dog and nachos. Let, let's keep moving. Brooks Kepka, incredible run. When it comes to golf, I mean, here's a guy, three majors already. Oh, I thought you were going to say incredible run of showing up to these playoff games every night. It looks like he hasn't been sleeping. Right? He's having a good time. When you win that many tournaments, you have some time oh, to be seen. Oh, you get to. Yeah, yeah. $17 million on the last one. $17 million on the last one. So for those of you who are wondering what sport you should do, do golf. He was at, I mean, he was, he's been at all these games. He was at game three of the Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes. 
He was at Game 4 of the Heat and Celtics. He was at uh, Game 4 of the Panthers and Hurricanes. Game 3, right after winning the PGA, they show him on the big board. And whatever was going on in Brooks Kepka's life, I I had to count it. Without blinking, he's just staring off into space. Without blinking, he clapped 30 times between blinking. Just clap, 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 clap between blinks. He's just staring into the abyss. Shout out Diego Sanchez. Just saw him earlier today. I know he's listening. Sam Hauser, it's always good to catch up. I wanted just to spend a few minutes with you. Continue to do what you do with Team Talk. You and Joe O'Neill, the president. ESPN 101.7, the team. And the 5 at 5. I'll be listening. Always good to see you, Mike. Sam Hauser, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, at Mike Adams 2.0. A lot of people have said they've been trying to get to the site. Uh, I'll make a call and see what's going on with that. Soon coming out. The 2.0 hats are coming out, Sal. I want you to rock it. I, I got you your own special custom fit with the 2.0 hats, Micah. Ooh. We're yeah. talking about the flex fit, the fitted, the snapback. I, I, Can you give me any details? All I know, hats are coming soon from what I was told. But I just want Sal behind the class. He got his custom made. Ooh, the custom. So we got a little producer emblem on uh, there. Oh, you know that. Oh. Now, here's the thing, Michael. Before we get to fact or fiction, we have to talk about Lomachenko, Devin Haney, in more detail than just a fact or fiction question. Okay. It, unbelievable fight. Unbelievable. I, I watched it twice. Okay, so what I did was once they read the scores and they had Haney as a unanimous decision, and I saw what Lomachenko did in the 10th, the 11th, and to me, the 12th, and to me, the 12th, I was like, okay, Lomachenko, 7-5. When I watched it the second time, when I saw it in, in real time, I had it 6-6. So I could see they weren't far off, but when you looked at the judges' scorecards and one of them gave Haney the 10th, that was by far Lomachenko's best round. By far his best round. That is the controversy. That is the problem. When widely agreed throughout society, when the other two judges agree, and we all say that was his best round, how can that be the decisive round that we don't get a scorecard in his favor, that we don't have a majority draw? The whole fight changed his complexion with that scorecard it's it's a little bit different it's it's jaw dropping it then leads to more examination of should you really still be refereeing at 77 years old you mean judging judging excuse me not refereeing but judging at that point at 77 years old we're talking about elite level athletes tiny spaces fast movement hard angles I know people at 77 years old, they're still just trying to keep their driver license. They're not trying to decide the world title. They're not deciding the fate of millions and millions of dollars. They're not deciding somebody's legacy. What kind of testing was underdone, undergone to make sure that this judge is still at the peak of his performances? And that is raised by... Everyone's saying you scored the most one-sided 
round in the entire fight in the opposite direction. What were you seeing? Devin Haney, now what's next? We can go through that list in a minute, but let's stay on Lomachenko. An illustrious career, Hall of Fame boxer. I think he goes to Australia and fights Cambuses. I think that's the that's the ticket. Make more money, sell it out, go over there and fight. Now let's look at Devin Haney. They're talking Shakur Stevenson. I don't think Shakur takes that fight. I think Shakur wants a different fight. He wants Javante Davis. Why does he want Javante Davis? More money. Now if Haney and, and Javante line up right now, it's the perfect fight, Michael. That's the perfect fight. But if I'm Shakur, I'm waiting for Javante. In a moment of defeat, in a moment of ridicule, the judges presented a life raft to Devin Haney, and he secured that life raft, grabbed his four titles, and turned around and saw a shark wearing a Dennis Rodman custom T-shirt. He looked at a smiling, grinning, don't you love that dimple? Shakur Stevenson saying, let's have this face off, buddy. Let's talk this trash. Let's hype up this pay-per-view right now. And a man who ain't never had a moment where he didn't have anything to say, Bob Haney, turned around and left that ring and said, we don't want this smoke. I don't think it's Shakur that doesn't want this fight. I think it was Devin Haney. You could also say it's a power play from the Haney camp. He is a promotional free agent. Why would he take any second longer to promote Shakur Stevenson in top rank in his ring? Because you want to sell the next pay-per-view. You bring up an interesting name, Tank Davis. Well, isn't that the name that they're both chasing? Because what's bigger for Haney? Is he leaving the division? Is he trying to go up to 140 and pick off an already beaten down Ryan Garcia? That is not undisputed. That is not anything that anybody would pay a bigger money for. The the race is for Stevenson and Haney to to secure the fight with Gervonta Davis and truly give us the king of 135 pounds. Here's the score. Here's the here's the unofficial score. Shakur Stevenson is the elite of the 135-pound division, period, the end. So he'll go Haney first to take four belts if Haney wants that fight. What I'm saying is in that weight division, if you want a magnitude Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford, which was announced, it is Shakur against Tank. That would be like Sugar Ray Leonard against Marvelous Marvin Hagler of the 135-pound division. If we get Davis versus Haney, that eliminates all possibilities of us seeing Shakur versus Haney, I feel like, at least for two years. Because if they jump over to that Showtime banner and make this happen, I don't know if Top Rank's going to cross over, if we're going to get that cross-promotional pay-per-view. Well, an unbelievable fight. I thought it was something that the fight fans needed. And now that we get Earl Spence taking on Terrence Bud Crawford, official now. It's official. It's official, July 29th. That one right there, Micah, that's the one I've been waiting for for like four years. And I'll go on record right now and saying I'm taking Terrence Bud Crawford. Taking Terrence Bud Crawford. Are you going to get out? Are you going to stretch the legs? Is Mike making an appearance live? Yeah, this one I might, Micah. This is the fight I've been waiting for. The only other one I'd go is Canelo Benavides. So hopefully we get them both this year. This year could be the year for boxing. We keep saying that. But we haven't got it. Uh, if we can make the big fights, if we can make the big fights. Feels like we say it all the time, if we can make the big fights. Well, now it's time to make fact or fiction. 
Well, I'm going to start off right at the top where I already had it. Lomachenko was robbed. I don't want to say robbed, so that's not a fact. I had it 6-6 in the first scene. I don't think it should have been a unanimous decision, but robbery, no. Um, should they run it back? Yes. Haney still has something to prove. I don't think he does, Micah, and I'll tell you why. So I'm going to say fiction on that. He was in a fight where recognition, his body shots, his movement, I thought he did well against a seasoned, seasoned veteran. I didn't expect Haney to come out and knock out Lomachenko. So for him to hold his own, and a lot of people didn't know what you were going to get from Haney, unless you watch fights all the time. Undisputed champion, and when you say enough to hold his own, that's still telling me it's not enough to really be recognized as the undisputedly best fighter in that division. A lot of conversation. Stevenson will be the favorite against the next pay-per-view opponent he fights. Yeah, that's a fact, Micah. From what I hear from people, I haven't seen him spar live. You can watch him on all the YouTube stuff, but I've never seen him live. But they say the most technical guy since Sugar Ray Leonard. That says a lot. That's incredible. That is something else. Junto Nakatani, knockout of the year with what he did to Maloney. Yeah. uh, It's early, Micah. We're only in May. So I don't, knockout of up to the moment. How's that? Knockout to the halfway point in the year? That's fine. Not halfway knockout of the year. Disgusting one punch in the last minute of the 12th round to carry that power that late after already having knocked him down. And I would say Nakatani gained the most on the night. Yeah, for the whole night. That's a fact. You would also have to say that Earl Spence is going to have to try to knock out Bud Crawford. He's going to have to try to make this more of a fight to have success. Well, I think he's going to have success, Micah. He's too skilled. But what Bud Crawford's going to bring to the table is power. And not just power, he's slick, Micah. This reminds me of Tommy Hearns, right? This Bud Crawford reminds me of Tommy Hearns. I think that it's Crawford's ability to switch stances. It's that deception, confusion, and being able to mix it up. He's never on an unbalanced foot because he can switch stances. He's so technically proficient from both sides. That's why I think Spence is going to have to look for a power shot because he's not going to be able to just pick away with Terrence switching things up. Crawford, to me, has been the best pound for pound-for-pound fighter the last five years. Mackenzie Dern proved on Saturday night that she can be a world champion. Yeah, that's a fact, Micah. And, you know, you've been talking about this for how long? Quite a while. We've been talking about her jiu-jitsu lineage ever since she was in Legacy Fighting Championships, and they were there in Texas. Yes, and you think about it now. What do you think? One more fight, two more fights, or do they give it to her? She probably has two more fights because if you look at it, Zhang Weili is already booked to fight Amanda Lemoyche. And after that, if she gets spoiled Lemoyche, you got to expect the UFC is going to do that pay-per-view in China, that Yan Xiaonan, Zhang Weili, that's going to be mega, the first mainland China pay-per-view for the UFC. That's big business. Mackenzie Dern can get in after that. So she's probably going to have to fight two more times. But the willingness to strike and how violent she was able to dish out that punishment towards Angela Hill, closing up her left eye, getting three ten eights according to one judge in a five-round fight ground dominance. Dern is living up to all the expectations that she came into the sport with. Three ten eights. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. It's yeah. unheard of. That is really domination on another level. It's exciting to hear Bellator adding a men's flyweight division. Well, it's exciting if you're a flyweight, Micah. Bellator needs some type of excitement. You need excitement. You need big headlines. And it's easier to make those headlines when your events are headlined by championship bouts. That means making another division, another champion, adds more headlines. It adds more recognition, and you're able to add a little bit more also to the roster. 125 has become really one of the hottest divisions in the UFC. Micah, does this kind of remind you, okay, so we have UFC, then Bellator broke off, right? And they started kind of like we had WWE, and then we had WCW. Now, there was always NWA Wrestling, then WCW, and then WCW gained some momentum, if you remember. I'm giving you a little history lesson in wrestling because I know you're a wrestling guru. So WCW, they get Hulk Hogan, they get Razor Ramon, they get Kevin Nash, and they all move to the WCW, and then all of a sudden Nitro's the biggest thing in the world at the time. Then the WWE, who's just steady, steady, ends up buying the WCW, right? Can you see that? Can you see the same thing with UFC and Bellator? Oh, you mean UFC and Pride? You mean the UFC and the WEC? So you you already know the answer. Strike Force. There's been a rumor, and it's interesting to hear that Bellator is adding the flyweight division because as of two weeks ago, there was a strong rumor that the PFL was in negotiations to use some of that $500 million in escrow that they have to purchase Bellator. They used some of that money to pick up Francis and Ganu. It sounded like picking up Bellator wouldn't be a bad idea because you need opponents for Francis and Ganu. Instead, Bellator expanding with another division, a surprise also because they redacted their calendar this year from last year. I believe they're doing three less events this year than they did last year. But good to see that they're trying to add and make some headlines with a new division. Also from the fight night last weekend, got to give some respect out. Anthony Hernandez in the co-main event, rough first round, and then just absolutely drug Edmund Shabazzian through the mud, aggressive wrestling. Anthony Hernandez, that guy is going to become a fan favorite with that fight style. Yeah, that's a fact, Micah. And not to stay on this, but I'm surprised you haven't thrown me a question about Volkanovski and Yair Rodriguez yet. Well, that one's coming up in July. We're going to simmer on that. We talked about it when we announced it, so we're going to let that one simmer. But if we're talking about champions, are you surprised that Al Jermaine Sterling is now so adamant that the UFC is against him, making him do a quick turnaround to take on promotional darling Sean O'Malley? Here's the thing. Shout out Volkanovski. He's been on the show. Shout out Sterling. He's been on the show. That's why I brought him up. And here's the thing, Micah. I don't know why it's so quick other than they can make money off the fight. I don't know why it's so quick because it is a headlining fight. I don't know why Sterling is excessively mad, according to to reports, right? He's upset. He's upset. He says he he's not even cleared yet to resume practicing, and the UFC has already announced his fight. He says that his leg is sore to the touch. He has a partially torn bicep. He's still looking to get cleared by the doctor, but the UFC has announced his next fight. Well, then what happens if he can't go? Is there something called interim? 
Why would there be interim? He just beat Henry Cejudo like two months ago. Why would we need interim? Interim is something that you do when Francis Ngannou has blown out his knee and hasn't fought for 10 months and still isn't talking about returning for eight more months. That sounds like an interim basis. We need a champion. I'll tell you why interim sounds right. Because it will make money. You put O'Malley in an interim fight. You have Sterling, who's the title holder. That's not going to make more money? Interim versus title holder? That's just why we have a BMF title. Because when you throw belts around, you can just throw them around to make title fights sound better than just a regular fight. Because that's what makes money. And that's why at UFC 291, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, is a BMF title fight. What's a BMF belt? Same thing as a UFC belt. A belt that Dana White has said two guys are fighting for in his pay-per-view. Micah, keep going. Keep going. We're going to keep going with Carmelo Anthony retires, and he's going to have his jersey retired in two places. Yeah, and he deserves it. Great nugget, right? Great nugget. Was the greatest nugget until Joe Coach. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Alex English fan, Dan Issel fan, Kiki Vandewey fan. We can I can argue it. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course the New York Knicks. He played tremendous there, but I think he had a great career. Never won a chip. He did win what four gold medals, three or four gold medals, three gold medals, one NCAA title, With so four-time t- champion, right there. Yeah, and was close, um, but couldn't get one. Even the Lakers had picked him up, I believe. What last year or two years ago, Carmelo was playing with the Lakers for. He a minute. He was playing with the Lakers. You saw them make the run with the Knicks the last time they felt a deep one in the playoffs. Him and Amari gave their last gasp effort. Couldn't get that far. I think he got to that uh, Western Conference. Finals with the Nuggets one year. Couldn't get any further than that. But number nine all-time in scoring, uh, you're going to remember him for the moves, for that big body, for being able to get inside. Nice fadeaway. Carmelo Anthony, one of the one-and-dones I remember when that first became a big terminology in college basketball. Well, and here's the other thing. You know, as much as he won, Carmelo Anthony can play the game of basketball. Barkley didn't get a chip. Carl Malone didn't get a chip. Melo didn't get a chip. But still a hell of a player. He's one of the few guys in this era that didn't get a chip. Him and Russell Westbrook are just watching everybody else stacking up a lot of trophies. Harden doesn't have one yet. Okay, we got like four guys you yeah, can throw in that one. Yeah, but Embiid and Wade. And there's a lot of guys throughout this era, like we said, Duncan and Curry. There's a lot of guys that did win Embiid, rings. Embiid doesn't have business. a ring yet. Embiid does not. That's why I say you can put him with Harden and all those other guys. But Antetokounmpo gets to separate himself Luka, from Dirk Nowitzki. Luka, no ring. Jokic, no ring yet. Yet. Uh, I, well, we're going to get to that one in a minute here in Fact or Fiction. Uh, Jim Brown, though, still the greatest running back ever. Uh, rest in peace, Jim Brown. In- incredible icon when it comes to sports. Incredible. Um, best running back ever, Micah? I mean, he was good. Gail Sayers, Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson. I'm still saying the combination of what he offered. Give me Walter Payton. Give me Jim Brown. It's one of those two going old school. We haven't seen them cut from that mold ever again. And a great lacrosse player. Ooh. Michael Block, better story than Brooks Kepka. Yeah, absolutely. You hit a hole-in-one on 15. You got the crowd going wild. Um, it was great, man. It was great to see the fans. It was great to see Kepka 
which I called. Did you I, did, you did. Yeah. I'll give you the props. You and Preston. Preston not here. Shout out Preston. Kepka is on fire, Micah. He's he's in another time zone right now when it comes to golf. But Block, what a great story. Fifteen, unbelievable. Tied for fifteenth in the tournament. First time in how many years that a pro club player has made it this far? Not a great week this week in Texas, but the story is still movie worthy. That's a good point. What was the movie Tin Cup, right? Remember when Tin, Tin Cup? Cup? Was I, this a Tin Cup moment? I would say so. I, I think this could be the sequel that you could use it kind of write the script right there off of Mr. Block at Tin Cup 2 uh, around the block. <laughs> Keep going, man. <laughs> LeBron James is already making power plays by threatening so-called retirement. <laughs> Abs- absolutely. Kyrie Irving coming over. Is it enough, though? I don't know. Micah, when I watched Game 3 and Game 4 against the Nuggets, and LeBron went for 42, I'm thinking to myself, this is 39 years old going for 42 points. Can he do this another season? And even if Kyrie comes, is it enough? I don't know if it's enough. It's not going to be enough. You guys have six free agents, and you're talking about spending all that money on one Kyrie Irving and going back to having all minimum players across the board. That would also possibly sacrifice Austin Reeves. And if not Austin Reeves, then let's just sacrifice your best defensive player, Rudy Hachimura. Not to mention the NBA and the Players Association with the new CBA has actually incentivized teams that you'll take a less hit if you spend more money. So there could already be the Spurs, for instance, could throw out $90 million at Reeves just to play with Wimbayama just because they need to get that money off the books to not be fined. Here's the thing, and, and listen to where I'm going with this. Matthew Deladova played with LeBron in Cleveland, ended up making great money, and he they moved Deladova. And he won a ring with the Bucks. Caruso played with LeBron, goes to Chicago, Makes makes money. Now, same thing's going to happen to Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves plays with LeBron. Now he's going to go somewhere and make a ton of money, and then he's not going to be with us. We should have never got rid of Caruso. Ever. But what I'm saying is LeBron makes players make more money, and then they move on. No, no. What we're saying is that the Lakers re-sign and go after big name free agents and allow these young, hardworking kids that have developed in their system to get away in free agency because they go after Russell Westbrook, they go after Kyrie Irving, and that ends up not being the right move. Well, they went after Anthony Davis, had to give up Ball, Hart, um, Ingram, Ingram, and then also uh, there was the center, uh, Larry Nance Jr. Not to mention Julius Randle was also on that team, and you had to get him. Could you imagine gone. that team now? Yeah, could you imagine that team now? Look at where the Lakers would be if they just held on to their young players, which is actually what the GM said is the focus of this season. So I don't know if the Laker fans want to hear this, but it would do me well to see this team be able to stay together for more than the eight weeks that they just had. What Laker fan wants to hear is, where's our championship? Oh, don't worry. Lakers players will get championships. You guys have ran through them like in, uh, I believe there's 77 straight seasons where a former or current Nick player has played in the NBA Finals. The Lakers are on that kind of path. You will have Lakers in the Finals with the way you guys go through players. <laughs> Keep going, Michael. 
no one should be surprised that the Boston Celtics are coming back. The surprise is that the Heat may pull off an upset, an eight seed over a two seed. Yeah, and I don't see it happening. So I'm going to say fiction. The Heat will lose in seven. Uh, it was a hell of a run, but the Celtics are finally playing Celtic basketball. And when they play that good, Micah, you saw in game five, it was like, wow. If they win game six, they'll win game seven. But you got to give the Heat credit. You have to give them all the credit in the world. The talent disparity is staggering. The highest drafted player on the Heat team is Bam Adebayo, 14. The next highest, Jimmy Butler, 30. The next highest, oh wait, none of them were drafted after those two guys. This is a bunch of scrubs off the streets that are beating this world caliber team that last year was in the NBA Finals that has these two megastars in Brown and Tatum. You have the Defensive Player of the Year from last year. Also, the only thing that's happening here is a massive upset and a team finally getting their stuff together. Not to mention Gabe Vincent's injured, Kevin Love's injured. You saw that Olin Jimmy Depot. Butler. Well, I wasn't even going to mention the guys that aren't there. It, this is a a motley crew from Miami. So you're saying Celtics in seven? I'm saying Celtics in seven, right. or it's the biggest upset I've seen in a long time in basketball. Yeah, or if if you're a Miami Heat fan, enjoy it. Because if they had Oladipo and, and Hero, they went to lost game four. You're probably right about that. It is incredible what this team is doing. It's also incredible to see what the Nuggets did, and they are going to be odds-on favorites to win this NBA title. Yeah, they're playing team basketball. And, team basketball. And Jokic has established himself, and we, you, I don't know, if, he is the number one player in the world at basketball. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I thought that was going to get a little harder. WNBA opening weekend was magical. Yeah, it was good for the WNBA. Not just Brittany Griner's return. Um, the big points that are being scored. Uh, can the Aces repeat? The super team in New York. I mean, there's a lot of storylines to the WNBA. Brianna Stewart, the first 45, well, she dropped 45 in it, but the first 40-point triple-double in WNBA. NBA history, you saw big crowds, and you saw those defending champions with a 40-point blowout. There are tons of good vibes with this WNBA season, a season that was actually up 15% last year in viewership. I know you like to talk about money. 15% more viewership is a big number to take towards those advertising sponsors. So we're now seeing profitability in that league, and it's good to see. It was bad to see Jamie Benn's actions, though, in Game 3 against the Golden Knights. Absolutely repulsive, and a two-game suspension against the Stars' captain was exactly the right call. Yeah, and here's the thing, Micah. You see my Vegas Golden Knights sweater today, don't you? Oh, go Knights. I see it. You see it. And hopefully they win the Stanley Cup, Micah. And I have to mention, because we didn't mention this early, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are close they're close to signing a big fight deal. Who? Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. What world title does Anthony Joshua currently hold? The, the world title is going to be Tyson Fury is the people's champion. So we're going to fight for the people's champion. So the guy that already couldn't beat Usyk is now going to try to lose to Fury. Well, the, but here's the thing. Is Tyson Fury the people's champ? Here's the thing, though. Is Usyk the the world heavyweight champion right now? Does he have more belts than Fury? Here, it, Here's the thing, Micah. 
Let's we just, need a undisputed champion is the thing, because that they, would make mega money, Mike. Well, they can't sell that the way they can sell Joshua in England. You go to England with Fury and Joshua, you, you're going to sell out Wembley. Everyone from our English audience, excuse me for a moment, I'm going to snooze that one here in America. I wanted the world title fight. I don't care about the fifth best heavyweight in the world getting an opportunity because the English people like his smile. Keep going, Micah. Tyson Fury doesn't want to fight John Jones. Well, not in, a, not in an octagon. Well, I said fight because that could be in the street. That, that could be anywhere where it's not just boxing. No, I don't think Tyson Fury backs down. I don't think he fights him in an octagon. It just wouldn't work. I just don't think John Jones fights him in a boxing ring and wouldn't work. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. But but the question was, is he afraid to fight John Jones? I'm going to say no. So fiction. Will he fight John Jones? Not in an octagon and not in a ring. So it's not going to happen. How does that sound? Conor, uh, sounds uh, sounds as good as Conor McGregor will not fight Canelo Alvarez. We know he would get in the <laughs> ring, but it's just not going to happen. Canelo's not into these gimmick matches. Well, and... and as, as much as I appreciate Connor, he doesn't want Canelo in a boxing ring. No, he wants a lot of money, though, so he wants Canelo in a boxing ring. Yeah, but that could be two rounds tops. <laughs> Panthers have the most resolve of any NHL team. Well, yeah, uh, resolve, yes, uh, and they're playing excellent. When so, you win a sweep and it's yeah. all decided by one goal and you game win those last two, yeah. oh, the depth of resolve that that Panthers team is showing. I did not have them as the favorites, but that's going to be a tough one for either Dallas or Vegas. Micah, have a great Memorial Day weekend. I know we're going to be busy over the next three to four weeks. <clears throat> Sell Behind the Glass, thank you. Fact or fiction, Micah, goes quick. I want to thank Sell Behind the Glass, Joe Neal, the president. Micah Frankel, thank you for all you do. Thank you, Mike. Don't forget, everybody, CagedMinds.com, Caged Minds MMA Show on YouTube, MMA After Hours, Pro Wrestling After Hours. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, at Mike Adams 2.0. You're listening for Alyssa Ryan and Preston John Michael. My name's Mike Adams, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.